Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. Have you ever imagined what is the distinction between the truth and what is not the truth, God and what not is God? For me, the truth could be false. The truth could be, be anything. I mean, the world could essentially be anything, but whatever you want to say about it might as well be the case if you earnestly believe it. Because like this uh, famous William Blake quote goes, the truth cannot be told so as to be understood without being believed. So there's an element of belief that is involved with something actually being true. And of course, we have found that truths have been told that have been uptaken as absolutely true. But in the end, they're not true or they're not true the way they're being told. They're believed in such a way that is true. And maybe what they're saying is true, but maybe the way they're saying it is not understood therefore isn't the right way to talk about the truth, if this makes sense. So let me put it this way. So the whole meaning of our existence in life is to worship God, for he is the creator. And that's a truth for a lot of people. But what if I put it this way? Can't this also be true? The purpose in life is to self-reflect on your own nature and to reveal to yourself through self-reflection what it is that you are so that you may fulfill your role and your purpose in this dimension, that you're supposed to come in contact in union with yourself. And that is how you know the meaning of life because the meaning of life is to come in contact with what is essentially this whole universal dimension trying to communicate to you who you are and it is all essentially you so maybe the point of life is worshiping or beholding and coming in contact with yourself which is would be god all the way back all the way into the future god can be known and it is also completely unknown it is beyond it's transcendent but so are you. But you're also a fact and you're also a, a simpler dimension. So the farther we progress into life, the more you come in contact with yourself. So really this is an, an unfolding dimension that the creative aspect of life itself, the whole omnipotent, omniscient basis for existence is communicating to us who we are because we are essentially it. It would be the same to say it's the meaning to have a relationship with God than to say the meaning is to have a relationship with the universe, which is ourselves. So we're worshiping and beholding what we are and what it is. It's just inextricably bound into each other. So when you get like a Hindu interpretation, which would be sort of like the one I laid out secondly, and then a more Western Islamic Christian tradition would, would have it in another way, it would have it canonized into a creationist idea. But they're essentially asking you to look at the same things. So really, they're both true, but they're distinct ways of viewing what the meaning of life is and what this is actually about. Life is about you. Whatever you're about, that's what life is about because your life and you want to have a relationship with yourself and you want to have a relationship with what the greater expanse of what you are and you don't know that's transcendent and the whole idea maybe is to not only reach back but to reach out and the point is to just do it now or whenever so you see i've been thinking about okay well, why do we have mishaps? Why is there a wrong way, a right way? I've been pondering this. We decided to eat from the tree of knowledge. Well, here's what I think. Well, what if actually it's not a, that's not the bad part. 
is eating from the tree of knowledge. Maybe that's why we're in this predicament is because we've stopped eating from the tree of knowledge. Both could be, could be considered true, but depending on, on what source you're, you're looking at and how you're interpreting existence, it's going to be two different things. The reverse could be true. I mean, just look at this. I think the reason why uh, our species fell, so to speak, and we, we uh, disassociated with nature and the right way to live was because we disconnected uh, with our relationship with nature and the kind of foods and plants that we used to understand. We used to understand creation itself. We had a union with nature and God, so to speak. We knew what the right way to live was. And it's that uh, disassociation between the tree of knowledge, so to speak. That could be a lot of things. To me, that it also involves psychedelics and it just involves different kinds of plants. And, and maybe the tree of knowledge was a um, an entheogen. I mean, who knows what it was? We speculate but a lot of people uh, think it had to do with uh, DMT to some capacity. But whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I don't know the truth behind that. It's all speculation from here. But ultimately, it's safe to assume that maybe, in my opinion, that the tree of knowledge is something that we should actually seek after and reconnect with. What do we got to lose? Maybe that's the reason why things are so mixed up. We've lost contact. Maybe the point, uh, we need to go back. We need to go back into the garden. We got to revisit this and it'll revive what we have here. It'll bring our uh, union and, and balance you know, into life and it'll teach us the right ways to live. Our knowledge over who we are and what we're, we're doing here is supposed to be known. It's our birthright. Everyone should have an idea of what that is. So back into the annals of time, it's we've gotten away from that. We've disjointed from that and it's caused unintended consequences on a massive scale. And now we're here controlling things with all our, our power structures. And we all think technology is, it is quite a miracle that we do this. It has a lot of power, but also it's almost born out of this fallacy. Why do we need all this? We don't, I don't feel like we need all this stuff. But maybe that's kind of a part of it is it's trying to bring us together. It is acting sort of like a mycelial web, mediating all forms, all ecosystems, regulating what is needed among communities. And maybe this is how we survive. I mean, maybe this is the future. And it seems like it is. But um, but again, I, go, I just go back to my original point that I'm trying to stick with is even things like don't eat from the tree of knowledge would be true concerning why we got in this predicament. But also maybe we're here because of the fact that we've stopped. Can't that be equally true? Maybe we need to reconnect in with all, all the things that we've used to eat. And we need to find out what that tree of knowledge is because maybe we need to consort it. And that's that's what is going, going to set humanity free. We branched off and, and into something else. And then again, what if this whole parable here doesn't actually make like all the sense in the world? But to me, it seems like it does. Like this is probably the most important thing that makes sense. Among the evolutionary lines of being, it seems as though the right ways to live were made understood by people that had a certain kind of diet. And this diet, whatever was eaten, taught the right way to live. And that was the culture, you know, that was the worldly body. That was the word made flesh. And, you know, in my opinion, like that... That was the truth made flesh, you know, and whatever it communicated to you was the tree of knowledge and that, in essence, uh, kept you bound into your purpose and your truth and your meaning. But then again, why, why do we all have these personalities? It seems like it isn't a uh, dark art or a magic, but maybe we're trying to coax into existence and communicate who we are as a standing model for the astrological heavenly bodies and every other force that exists in our presence. And we 
unfold those patterns. We come into contact with every other pattern that exists and we're inextricably bound up with that. We have to deal with those, good or bad, and we make a whole out of it. We are essentially everyone else, but we are also distinct from everything else as well. And maybe that's the way everything's organized. It seems kind of like a, uh, a control-obsessed, you know, intention to act, dominated will over everything through our own intentions. And maybe there's just a, a good good a good will and that which isn't so good, you know, God willing, I suppose. You know, it is what we're doing in technology and everything. Is that the inevitable outcome here? Do we need this? Is this a, a, a response to evolution itself? Maybe, maybe it's supposed to be that way. Of course, then again, in, according to certain allegorical forms, and to everyone else, I guess. I mean, the world's crazy. No one, no one seems to know or have it together. Like, and everyone's asking themselves the question, "What the hell is the meaning of life?" Like, maybe that's a ridiculous question. Like, you are the means for which life is. You are life. Behold, live. I don't know. There's just there's no answer to that besides don't ask the question. Who's asking this ridiculous question? Just ask yourself who you are, and just maybe be yourself. It's it's like you don't have to participate necessarily into it. I think there's a famous quote by McKenna, and I think others have said this, but Terence McKenna in particular said, the truth doesn't require your participation in order to exist. Bullshit does. You know, nothing needs to get pushed or you need to like hop on board with anything at all. That, that's that's a, almost a, a telltale sign that maybe it's just bullshit. You don't have to do anything. Maybe that's the point of Zen. It's like, stop trying to have to be something, participate, and do everything. Like, Stop trying so hard. Let go. And everything will just happen as it is. They say the universe happens as a sort of plot. Things just occur as such. And that's the only way they can occur the right way. Not with you holding on to everything. We have the sensation of I'm the thinker behind the thoughts and then they're just being thoughts going by. Everyone's obsessed with intellectual property. It's like in the Republic. There's no origin of ideas. No one originates with an idea. They're only ideas. Anyone can have them. Now, granted, you could coax into existence the farthest out of ideas, and it's like, wow, like you've, these Isaac Newtons and stuff, they were beyond and before everybody, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't there, or that that wasn't universally there thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Maybe everything is already just there, and maybe you know a lot of that stuff, but that requires a sort of coaxing into existence and coming into communication with what life itself wants to communicate through you, and you are all of that, and there's sort of this transcendental element with that. You can kind of see what that pattern is trying to reveal. So yeah, and, and then we have this kind of a chronological understanding of, of reality, but it doesn't seem like these players and things that we separate out as that's them, that isn't me. Like, no, it is actually all of you. Like, that's the real truth behind this kind of stuff. And what it is, is just, it's just us getting in contact with, with spirit, with like an understanding of, of what you are, an understanding of this. And that's kind of the point of everyone's ride. We're all on the same ride. It just only appears to change, but it's still all the same. So in essence, it's more about how you're talking about things that seems to be confused and make things duplicitous and, and wrong. But really, ultimately, what people are talking about, whatever it is, it's it's how you talk about it and how you understand that that leads you into the light of, of knowing what it is, self-reflecting truly on what it is to be. Be in being itself because otherwise it isn't being itself it just it's some form of docile it's you know docile's 
you know, position in, in what it is to be in relation to being itself. It's just another part of Dasein without being the exact element and understanding of what being itself is. So the discrepancy of, of truth and false is, is more of, well, what you believe, but also the authenticity, going back to Heidegger, that state of being that is, that is well understood, you know, that doesn't require this uh, hearkening to participate in something. It's, it's something that's derived deep within you that spans time and space, that spans culture, culture and history and how people are talking about these things has nothing to do with it. It's not a participatory element. It's simply you are. And that has a resounding echo all throughout our dimensions. And with this, truth would be more of an embodiment aspect of it. No matter how you're talking about it, in the end, all of these factions, all of these people, these cultures, these canons that have approached this view on being, all of these collide and nothing is wrong but it doesn't mean that the way they're going about it is true. It's not authenticated to being itself. I thought maybe that I can distill it down the best I could. I'll just leave it at that. See you next time.